Asshole Court is a bi-weekly podcast in which a group of lifelong friends choose a controversial public figure and examine their history through available public records and various publications to determine if that person is as much of an asshole as the general public suspects. We rate the subjects on a not-so-scientific scale, ranging from Mr. Rogers to Hitler, 1 to 11, and average out the three scores in the end for our final number. Just a reminder, our judgment has no legal weight, is strictly an opinion, and is subject to change at any time, especially in the case of new evidence. It shouldn't be taken seriously, so just don't. Grandpa, people don't use that word anymore. Have you ever had to impart that phrase or hear an embarrassed family member or friend have to tame an older family member after an insensitive outburst? It seems as though the older you get, the more your filter goes out the window, and unfortunately, sometimes, the true colors of people shine through. Over the past decade or so, we've seen multiple founders of major companies lose control of what they started, whether it's a business decision by the board of directors or a controversy the founder has gotten themselves into. The subject of today's show, Papa John Schnatter, definitely seems to be the victim of his own actions. Starting from humble beginnings, slinging pies out of a broom closet in the dive bar his father bought, Schnatter built an empire that has resulted in the third largest pizza chain in America. For years, he was all over our televisions and ads where he was wearing too much makeup, rubbing elbows with celebrity franchisees, and talking about how superior the ingredients were on his $10 pizzas. I'm a fan of Papa John's Pizza, but the arrogance he emits along with a very slappable face, oh, and throw in a slew of racist rhetoric, have gotten him kicked out of the company that bears his name. But was he set up to fail by a marketing company that had been hired to help him? Were the words that had him booted taken out of context and used against him to oust him from the company? We'll take all this evidence, sprinkle it all around, slap some cheese on this bitch, and toss it in the oven in the Papa John's episode of Asshole Court. Alright, first we want to give a shout out to Meme Watcher 2323. Yo, what's up? What's up, Meme Watcher? May May Watcher. <laughs> they requested Papa John Schnatter as a subject in the courtroom back in December of 2020. Like we've said before, if you've got an idea for the show, hit us up on any of our new and approved social media pages, and maybe your idea will make it into the courtroom. Like this one. Exactly. So thanks, Meme Watcher. Alright, boys, let's get some pre-show scores for Papa John Schnatter. Alright, so of course, I've seen Papa John all over the TV, just like Randy was talking about in his intro. I've seen his commercials for years and years, but I've never really paid attention to him outside of that um, until recently when he got into the, the media, of course, for his vocabulary, we'll say. His name is Schnatter. Schnatter. And for the I, longest time, I thought it was Schneider. Yeah, I've been calling him Schnader. For years. Okay, so I've always, when I just look at it, I, I, I just don't see the N and I always see Shatner. Or I like, <laughs> so he looks Probably, like William Shatner's like younger brother, especially. Schneider, not Schnatter. <laughs> the pie has the best ingredients possible. <laughs> so that's what I always think of when I see him. Uh, maybe if a movie ever comes out about him, William Shatner can play Papa right. John. Oh, it. Shatner will be dead by the time that happens. <laughs> 
That guy's like 90 years old. You ever realize how old William Shatner is? Dude, he was doing stuff back in the 60s, 70s. Bro, his first, like, remember that Twilight Zone episode where he saw a monster on the wing of the plane? That was 1954. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, he's old as fuck. Huh. Oh, wow. I saw Jerry Seinfeld turn 67 the other day. Think yeah. About that. Yeah. Yeah. He looks pretty good for 67. He looks great for 67. And so does uh, William Shatner looks pretty good. Right? Of course. A million years old. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, I haven't really paid much attention to him except for what I've seen in the news here recently. And when it first broke, I was appalled like everybody else and was jumping on the bandwagon. But it looks like it's possible he's been set up. I don't know. I'm really excited about this episode to kind of get down to the nitty gritty and find out on what side of the coin he sits on. Um, but without really knowing them, you know, I kind of go with the same mentality that I have in the previous episodes where if you are the CEO of a company, you've probably done some stuff to get there. You had to like step on certain people or just make hard decisions that would probably be considered an asshole by certain people's standards. So right out of the gates, Papa John, I'm going to give you a 5.25, and we'll see where uh, you end up at the end of this episode. All right, 5.25. What about you, Mikey? So I don't hate Papa John's pizza as a whole. Like I'm a Domino's guy if I'm going for one of the main chains. Oh, I hate Domino's. Domino's has got a lot better over the years. They were bad for a long time, but about five years ago, they switched gears, and it's it's pretty good. I avoid the Noid at all costs. When's the last time you ate Domino's pizza? Uh, Within the past year. Is it really? Okay. I don't know. I like it. So I mean, I'm more a Papa John's fan. I, I am too. I mean, so the thing is, and I won't be too much of a foodie. Papa John's sauce has a little more sugar in it. Well, so the, uh, the marinara is a little bit sweeter. And okay. to be fair, I don't really like marinara sauce that much. So I have the luxury. You with are Domino's. a white pie guy. I like white oh, pies, I like and white I like pies. Alfredo, and I like yeah. the garlic sauces. Yeah. So. You know, I don't eat a whole lot of the. Maybe that's why I go to Domino's. Maybe I can do the same thing at Papa John's. I don't know, man. So it's not about the pizza so much. I uh, have some issues with some stuff that he said over the years, regardless of just the the infamous quote that well, I'm sure we're going to get into. But the the big beef I have with him is, uh, I'm glad you pointed this out too, is his fucking face. And I know in, in a lot of shows here, I'm always I'm always <laughs> talking about people's <laughs> people's faces. But here's here's the I'm going to lay this out here right now. The problem that I have with his fucking face is that he's obviously got a lot of plastic surgery. And he dyes the fuck out of his hair. Yeah. And so, and my whole uh, concept is that, like, a man should never get plastic surgery. Like, we have the luxury of aging gracefully that women don't. So when a dude gets plastic surgery, I'm like, you are vain and weird. And also, it never looks good. Right. And then, yeah. You can always tell. You can always tell. So I base my judgment on his face because his face is is indicative of his personality. This is true. This is true. He is a vain, glorious butthole. And uh, so, again, I don't think he's uh, done anything horrible, horrible as far as like assaulting people or killing people or raping people. I do think he's an asshole. I'm going to start him at a 5.5. All right. So, like I said, I I do like the pizza, but I'm not a huge fan of company founders that put themselves in the forefront of their own marketing campaigns. Mm-hmm. It just kind of comes across as arrogant and has a real, like, look what I did feel to it. Sure. I always enjoy a good funny commercial over something that actually gives me facts or information. Mm-hmm. That just shows, like, the very surface level person that I am. I'm, I'm right way. there with you, Randy. Yeah. Uh, the racist remarks he made obviously don't sit well with many people, but he swears that this is all taken out of context and used against him. Even if that was the case, you have to be aware of what you're saying and really just not be racist at all and, and use those type of words. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
So to start them off, uh, I found it kind of odd. I'm actually going lower than you guys. I'm going to give them a 4.75 okay. off the rip. Slightly worse than an average person. That's right. Okie doke. Well, all right. With a 4.75 from Randy, a 5.25 from Buddy, and a 5.5 from Mikey, Papa John Schnatter's pre-show asshole score is a 5.2. All right, 5.2. You boys ready to do this? Yeah, man. Let's put it in the oven. Let's cook it. John H. Schnatter was born November 23rd, 1961 in Jeffersonville, Indiana, to Mary and Robert Schnatter. His mother was a real estate agent, and his father was a lawyer and an entrepreneur. John has two siblings, sister Anne and brother Charles, who both wound up working for John at a little pizza joint he started later in life. Okay. John grew up in a home above the Ohio River, and Schneider described his mother in an interview one time as saying, I come home with straight A's, and she kind of throw the report card off to the side. We were expected to make straight A's, keep our rooms clean, work on weekends, and win in sports. Did you read about that one time that uh, she accidentally got caught in their pizza oven? What? And he had to take care of business like on porn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck. I'm, I'm stuck. stuck. Well, what am I going to do? <laughs> Steps on my hands caught in the dryer. I can't get out. My ass just happens to be poking out. I got some pizza for us afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Although his father had a law degree, he seemed to have a serious itch when it came to starting a business. Robert Schneider founded Solar Heating wine distribution, and cable TV companies. All failed, and sometimes the family's electricity and water got turned off. Schnatter attributes <laughs> these failures to the reason he claims to be careful with his money. Be a fucking lawyer, dude. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Especially you a law then, degree? Yeah. yeah, especially then. I know there's like a trillion lawyers now, and it's very difficult, and the average attorney that's coming out that ain't coming out of an Ivy League school is probably rocking like fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year with hella debt. But if you're an attorney in the 50s, hey, man, give up on the cable dream or the wine distribution. Or the and solar just, dream. Yeah, dude. No wonder your wife's getting caught a pizza oven. <laughs> John said his father and grandfather were both huge influences. Daddy was fun-loving and lighthearted. He lived life to the fullest and was not scared to take a risk, he said. Papa was more frugal, conservative. I learned from him that if you take a risk, you'd better make it work. This motherfucker called his dad Daddy. Daddy and Papa. Daddy and Papa. That's right. Man, could have been on the uh, Mama June episode. <laughs> God. Schnatter played shortstop at Jeffersonville High School. He excelled at math, mastering analytics that he would later use to fuel the growth of his pizza empire. He once told a group of students he was speaking to that he got a 790 on his SAT in math out of 800, but only a 200 on the verbal portion. Hmm. Hmm. He can't talk very well. That's what he, yeah. So do you guys remember what your SAT scores were? I do. I don't. I got an 1110. Mm-hmm. It's not terrible, but it's definitely not genius level yeah, either. Yeah, I think I was around like 1050 or something like that. And that was back when I was getting into the party scene. I came in uh, after partying all night at a rave and went in and took my SATs. And, yeah. uh, all right, so go ahead, Mikey. Go ahead and brag. I'm not What'd bragging. I got, a, I got a 1200, but it's funny because mine was the opposite. My verbal score was extremely high. And my math score was really shitty because <laughs> because I, I legitimately took pre-algebra three times in a row. Because <laughs> I just told myself I didn't like math. So, I don't know. There you go. As the story unfolds, there is one undeniable thing about Papa John. The dude was a hard worker. When he was 15, he worked two jobs, unloading stock at cut-rate liquors in Jeffersonville by day and making pizzas down the road at Rocky's Sub Pub at night. At the pizza shop, he calculated how much it was costing to make a pizza. About $2.00 and seeing how much they were selling them for, about $10. The profits of the pizza business 
is what drove him there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Schnatter graduated from Jeffersonville High School in 1979 and headed to Ball State University for his college years. Ball State? That's right. Working his way through Ball State in three years. At <laughs> Working his way through balls. <laughs> <laughs> just scrotums everywhere. Yeah, just everywhere. Muncie, Indiana. Just I'll do balls. whatever I got to do to make money. He said each blowjob only cost me nothing, but my profit rate is 100%. <laughs> Daddy told me all about it. All it cost me is my pride. That's it. Papa wouldn't approve, but <laughs> he's gone now. So working his way through Ball State University in three years at Greek's Pizzeria in Muncie, Schnatter knew that pizza would be his game. He devised his recipes and plotted what ovens and mixes he would need, and a marketing student in his dorm came up with the logo and the name. Schnatter graduated in three years with a business degree, but was then rejected by University of Louisville's law school. Was the initial business called Papa John's? Yeah. Okay, Okay. sure was. Right from the jump. Schneider said, I took the LSAT twice and I flunked it. I don't do well on long tests. In 1983, his entrepreneurial father took a stab at his next business venture and purchased a failing bar in Jeffersonville named Mick's Lounge. An old broom closet at the bar would wind up being the saving grace for this establishment that's still in business today. I actually went to their website and... They're still still up and running? Still up and running, still a dive bar, like a lot of 40-somethings, like... Hanging all over each other and the blonde bartender. It's pretty I was, standard fare. I was driving by a local dive bar here today and I was just thinking how much my life has changed to where in my 20s I always thought that I was like, I'll be hanging out those places a lot. And then <laughs> as, I drove, as I drove by today, I just had like a really like a deep sense of sorrow for all those people that were like day drinking. Uh, so it's yeah. one o'clock. The parking yeah. lot's full. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Give a shout out the, to the local dive bar. I'm, I'm not going to name the name. but Yeah. You can hear the pool balls rattling from the street. It's yeah. uh yeah. John went to work for his father in September of 83 and in a move that would become part of the Papa John's lore, sold his beloved 1971 Z28 Camaro to help his father with the business. Uh, I've heard about this. This is one of the few stories I've heard about. This will come into play later. Absolutely. So after helping his father financially, he had $1,600 left over that he used to purchase restaurant equipment with. Seven months later, Schneider transformed that broom closet to make way for a pizza oven. With the pizzas he was slinging to the drunks at the bar, word started to spread around town, and in three months he paid off half the tavern's debt and then refinance the rest. Oh, God, geez, man. And that's got to be a really weird dynamic with your dad when he's such a deadbeat. And you're just like, why do you suck at shit so much? And he's like, why are you so good at all this? You why know? don't you yeah. just go be a lawyer, dad? Yeah, be a fucking <laughs> lawyer, dude. Maybe I can serve pizza to your law people or something. <laughs> How does that even work? Schneider said, at 22, I had something I loved to do, make pizza. And it was something I was good at, running a business. And with that, Papa John's was born. Schnatter's parents divorced in 1984, and his father died a few years later of a brain aneurysm at 51. Schnatter told People Magazine, I buried my dad on a Thursday and showed up for work on a Friday. So it does. It sounds like he wears that statement as a badge of honor, but I think it shows a little bit about him as a person and how he's like truly wired. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The only problem that I have is that a lot of those people expect every single employee to have that same mentality. Mm. And while that might work for you, I don't know if that's a healthy model for everybody to follow. Uh, Absolutely. I've seen several articles pop up recently about how America glorifies overworking themselves. Absolutely. And unless you're the first one in the office and the last one to leave, you're never going to get to where you want to be. Yeah. John, your fucking dad died, buddy. Maybe take a couple days to think about it. Take the weekend, bud. Yeah. I mean, mean, even if, 
I don't know, just the the optics of that are atrocious. And then again, like the humble brag on that, like my fucking dad died of an aneurysm, and then like the next day, pepperoni, bitch. I won't say I did something similar. It's definitely nothing of this caliber, but I did get my second COVID shot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, felt pretty bad in the afternoon. That Tuesday, I woke up and felt like dog shit. Went to work and busted out about 10 hours. My employees were telling me, man, you look like shit. I'm like, oh, well, thanks for that. But it was kind of like, honestly, from a managerial standpoint, I just didn't want all my employees that were getting their second COVID shots. Yeah. Like, well, Randy called out his day after, so I'm yeah. definitely not coming to it work. Just like Papa John. But I, <laughs> <laughs> and I hate that, man. That's like our companies reward those that bust their ass. And I mean, it's not even really rewarding. It's like rewarding you with your job. Right. You right. know, it's not like you're yeah. getting like you're not looked at as a piece of shit, you know. Yeah. And what what are you getting a big bonus at the end of the year? Because no. of this? But, like, I mean, I'll be honest, though, I like um, not to get too far off track, but I had the same thing sort of this week where I just had a really rocking ass sinus infection. As a manager, you don't have that luxury. I have to be there. And I can't call out because God help you if you call out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it, it does suck, but it's just, I, I don't know. I mean, I wish that wasn't the case, but to be honest, I don't know why we don't have a four day work week. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm right there with you. Oh, yeah. I, a lot of anyway. time at work gets wasted, anyways. Yeah. You're yeah. Just sitting there putzing off. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, but you got to look like you're busy. And you're like, dude, I don't know. If you give me four eight hour days, I could probably get the same workload done. Where was it that they actually put in the four week work week and it actually improved productivity? Some companies will do a four, 10 hour day. Yeah. And um, yeah. That way you get the three day weekend. Sign me up. You yeah. know what I mean? I'll work that extra two hours each day. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Indeed. I'll show up if my dad dies of an aneurysm tomorrow. <laughs> knock out 10 hours. There you, know. you go. Heart attack. Different story. Mm-hmm. Keeping his focus solely on pizza, unlike our show, which often wanders to the left and right. That's it. <laughs> Papa John's company grew spectacularly. They went public in 1993, opened its 500th store the next year, and its 1500th four years after that. You know what wow. Papa John's did that did change the game? The dipping sauce. Yep. Garlic oh, butter. He originated. That is, he's the first. Yep. He originated the dipping sauce in pizza, for pizza. Brilliant. I remember the first time I got the Papa John's and I was like, what is this shit? Open it up, dip the pizza in it. It was amazing. I'm pretty sure it's about the worst thing. It might be more healthy to smoke a pack of cigarettes <laughs> than, uh, than dip that sauce. But it also had the, they used to have the pepperoncinis in there too. They don't do it anymore. Yeah. No, they still do the pepperoncinis. Do they? Yeah. They still uh-huh. do. I've been skimping at the store we go to. Yeah. But no, that it. fucking pizza dipping garlic sauce, Game it's pretty oh. much just butter and garlic. I don't think and it's now they've butter. got so many different varieties of it too. Yeah. There's yeah. like a spicy one. Uh, there's just a straight cheese dip. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, they've got a couple different varieties of it. Yeah, that definitely ain't butter. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. Canola oil. Right? It's delicious, delicious. Isn't it, though? Death. Business Week named Papa John's America's fastest-growing company in 1994 and ranked it first on its list of 100 best-run small businesses. Schnatter, in 1999, landed on Fortune's 40 Richest Under 40 list, estimating his wealth at $402.6 million. Damn, that was, yeah, early on. That was in 99. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Once the money was flowing in, Papa John wanted that Camaro back. In 2009, he created a website on the search, held promotional appearances, and eventually offered $250,000 to whoever found it. Turns out, he didn't have to leave Kentucky. The car only changed hands twice from the original buyers, ending up with Jeffrey Robinson in Flatwoods, Kentucky, about 165 miles east of the company's Louisville headquarters. And I got to excuse me to all the people that live in Louisville. It's 
Louisville, I guess I should be pronouncing it. I don't know if it's almost yeah. like uh, Nevada, Nevada. People in Nevada get real pissed off if you call it Nevada. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know, maybe you guys should be known for something else besides getting pissed off about your fucking name in Las Vegas. <laughs> so Louisville is the same way. It's Louisville. 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 Hey, man. I mean, whatever. What are you, French? Yeah. yeah I, don't I don't know. know. Anyway, Papa John said when I first saw it, I still wanted to look it over and make sure it was the car, even though I knew it was. It kind of hit me emotionally. I was kind of numb. The car's original buyers heard about the search when Schneider appeared in a television interview before an NFL preseason game. An online search led them to the car blog, Jalapanik, which followed the search and tipped off Papa John's. Robinson, who bought the car around 2004 for $4,000, delivered the Camaro to Schneider, earning the $250,000 reward. Wow. The original buyers got $25,000 for help to track it down. Schneider says it looks much like the same it did as when he sold it, but with a larger motor and fatter tires for drag racing. <laughs> drag racing. Mm-hmm. Yeehaw! <laughs> the car was put on display at Papa John's headquarters, replacing a replica Schneider commissioned while he was searching for his original car. God almighty, that guy needs to just get over it. Right. Uh, in honor of the reunion, Papa John's offered all Camaro owners a free pizza at stores one day in 2009. Can you imagine oh, showing up to fucking buttfuck Kentucky on, <laughs> on Camaro Day? Dude, all I imagine <gasps> is... Uh, what kind of pie I want today, faggot? <laughs> <laughs> they also set the uh, Guinness Book of World Records burnout yeah. in the fucking parking lot. <laughs> fucking Billy Madison when he pulled up to the school, oh, blaring yeah. Ario Speedwagon. Right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Don't want to wait another week for the next episode of Vassal Court to come out? Go check out our new and improved Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. You'll get highlights from past shows, and you can join in on the conversation of past Asshole Court drama. Check us out on AHC Podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you listen on. Now, back to the action. But just like their new Papadillas, things look good on the outside. But on the inside, there was a recipe of disaster brewing. Based on interviews with 37 current and former Papa John's employees, including numerous executives and board members, Schneider's alleged behavior while at the helm ranged from spying on his co-workers to sexually inappropriate conduct. Shocker. Which, yeah. Which resulted in at least two confidential settlements. Yes. Since roughly- He looks like that, though. You look at his face, and he looks like the type of dude that makes him fucking, like, lewd-ass comment. Oh, yeah. There's one in here about a time. Oh, uh, yeah, you got it. <laughs> nice. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Hell, yeah. Since roughly 2013, corporate employees at Papa John's have signed non-disclosure agreements barring them from discussing Schneider's personal life. Other confidentiality and non-disparagement contracts and mandatory arbitration agreements further discourage people from speaking out. So, when Schneider wrote his memoir, Papa, the story of Papa John's Pizza... <laughs> No one could openly dispute it. It's a pretty original title there. Papa. How did he ever get the name? Fucking Papa. He was. He should have been like Sonny. I'm your fucking daddy, bitch. Yeah, but I'm like, it should have been Sonny's Pizza because he's working at his fucking dad's place. <laughs> he was fucking flexing on his dad early on. He was like, you're a fucking loser, dad. I'm the fucking Papa. Papa, here. Look me in the eyes. He said, I'm the captain now. He said, I'm in the fucking pizza closet. He said, mom's going to suck my dick. <laughs> Either that or his favorite cartoon was the Smurfs. Could be the case, but I, I just, I can't. How did he come up with Papa? It's fucking crazy. Schneider moved the firm into a luxurious new headquarter in Louisville, Kentucky in the late 1990s. When he commissioned a painting for one of his ceilings, 
He had his face painted into the plaster. What a shocker. His, oh, uh, man. Yeah. His, surprised it wasn't the picture at uh, Michelangelo. Yeah. 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 And Birth of Man. Birth of Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would be a lot cooler if it was Goya's uh, Saturn eating his son, where he's just fucking tearing <laughs> into him, but it was just a pizza. pizza or a calzone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or if, like, it was the two Greek gods or whatever, like, handing a piece of pizza, and the other guy yeah. had the dipping sauce. That would like, be good. Reaching yeah. Out. yeah. <laughs> Adam's reaching out for the dip. Yeah. yeah. His own office was outfitted with black marble and a fireplace. Black marble, huh? Yep. Scarface. Schnatter sometimes conducted meetings from his exercise bike and was prone to outbursts. In one case, he moved a scorned executive's parking spot to the very back of the garage. Reached through a representative, Schnatter has denied this incident. One person was quoted as saying, John has this tendency. When he was done with you, he was done with you. Wait, can you imagine waking up in the morning and looking up and there's a giant like borderline, yeah, borderline like Sistine Chapel and your fucking face on it? Yeah. Yeah. Can you have you ever been to someone? Have you ever been to someone's office and they have a picture of themselves in their office? I wish I had one. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Are you talking about an office or a picture of yourself in your office? Both. Okay, (laughs) but I'm I'm for real. I have seen someone that has a picture of themselves. Yeah, the minute I see a picture of someone's own picture in their office, I'm like, oh man, I know everything I need to know about you, fucking weirdo. (laughs) We have a really good buddy that works in the movie industry, and um, he did a movie with Jason Momoa. And one of the artists on the set painted a picture of him. It is probably 36 by 24. It's a big picture. And um, after the movie was done shooting, Jason Momoa presented it to him in front of the whole crew. And uh, the whole theme was like, our buddy's ego was bigger than Jason Momoa's. And that was kind of the whole like (laughs) gist of it. And he took it. It's downstairs in his basement now. The shit's fucking awesome, actually. I got to see that. Yeah, it's pretty dope. One former executive says the married Schnatter would disappear for days on work trips, stirring suspicion that he was hooking up with girls. Mm -hmm. Again, another allegation that Schnatter denies. In 1999, a mobile phone representative named Leslie Workman filed a lawsuit alleging that Schnatter groped her after a meeting with her at a Louisville park, proceeded to stalk her, and then asked her boss to send her to Papa John's to discuss a possible phone contract. Schnatter denied the allegations and filed a counterclaim alleging that she was trying to extort $5 million from him and Papa John's. Defamation. The case ended with a confidential settlement. Uh, Yeah, we all know uh, what that means. Yeah, and I mean, it's so hyper-specific that you're just like, okay, dude. I mean, like a groping after a park? That's some George Michael shit right there, boy. (laughs) Or some Jared uh, Fogel shit. Jared Fogel shit right there. Can you imagine having a set on you like that, though? But that's the reality. Like, this dude's like, I'm untouchable. I'm a boss. Look what I've done in my life. Like, of course, this chick wants me to of grab her, her titties. Of course. Look at my fucking car. Yeah. yeah. Look at my face. <laughs> my face looks like uh, like a shiny pizza. <laughs> Papa John's went through its own crisis in the early 2000s when sales began to slump for the first time and revenues began to decline. The company in 2004 laid off 45 people at its headquarters and even locked the door to its atrium lobby and turned off the heat to save money. What? Yep. Schnatter How last broke is that? I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ. He's, he's like dude in uh, the Christmas tale or whatever. He's like a little lump of coal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Schnatter lashed out at the time at fat and happy franchisees who weren't making top quality pizza, threatening to get rid of them. He said, our system was asleep. He told pizzamarketplace.com. I didn't know that was a fucking website. <laughs> we were on our boats, on our yachts, on our golf club memberships, but we weren't paying attention to the fundamentals of the business. Had to get back to the basics, boys. That's right. 
He now calls the stretch from 2001 to 2004 the toughest of his career. When you let quality slip, you pay for it, and we paid for it dearly. He said he straightened things out by boosting quality through a system of mystery shoppers that measures a cross sample of 4 million pizzas a week. Damn. Wow. So he's got people out there samples. making sure, yeah, they're doing the same shit. From a business perspective, I'm, I'm like, yeah, you're on point. You're right. You got it. That's that's what got you there. It's your, your quality and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. From and a you, personal standpoint, I'm like, stop grabbing titties if people ain't asking you to. You know what I mean? <laughs> and from a franchise standpoint, that's what you want is consistency, right? 100%. If you go to you know, a Papa John's here in Georgia, you want the same pizza when you go to a Papa John's in Wyoming. Certainly. You know? Well, that's one of the main things that made McDonald's yeah. succeed in the beginning is that Ray Kroc was making sure that every single one was putting out the same, they had the same menu and same consistency on everything. Which is why Dairy Queen is so hit or miss. Yeah. Because sometimes you go to one, you're like, this is like very really nice, good, clean facility. Everything's good. And then you go to another one, you're like, Jesus Christ, I, there's no fucking way I'd eat. Yeah. It. I got to go take a shower. This is mm-hmm. disgusting. In 2005, after three years of falling profits, Schnatter stepped down from as CEO for the first time. Nigel Travis, then the president and COO of Blockbuster, was hired to fill the role. <laughs> Nigel. <laughs> Nigel. And man, what uh, wasn't Blockbuster tanking at that point? Honestly, it wasn't dude, tanking, but it was uh, it was on a downward trajectory. And wasn't he one of the main reasons that it was on the downward trajectory? Well, maybe so. I know that at a certain point that Blockbuster had the opportunity to buy Netflix and passed on it. And then, you know, I don't know, it's sort of the same thing like uh, what happened with Apple where they put the CEO from Pepsi in and like they kicked Steve Jobs out. Sure. And it's just like they didn't understand the business. So maybe that's what it was. But it, obviously, uh, you know, the glory days of Blockbuster were over at that point. Yeah, and, that's what I don't recall, because I know that with Blockbuster, there was one CEO that just really let this company tank. And he was kind of just like, we're the best. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we don't need to change anything. And I don't know if it was that guy or not, because I know they brought in like one of the main guys from 7-Eleven mm-hmm. to help rebrand it. And uh, so this guy, Nigel Travis, after he left Papa John's as CEO, he went on to another big ass company which is interesting because me and my wife were actually talking about that today with companies and she uh, i can't remember what company it was i was like she was like when they leave they'll never get work again i was like no no no. they definitely will it's like when like college football coaches or pro football coaches like they can go like one in 15 in the pros and you're like you should never work in this industry again you're not good at this and then all of a sudden they pop up somewhere at some school where they're a head coach and still making tons of money. Once you're like plugged into that network, you're pretty good. You got to really yeah. fuck up twice. Lane Kiffin is yes. a perfect example of that. Yeah. Lane yeah. Kiffin has went everywhere. He was the head coach at USC for a couple the of years. Raiders. Completely failed. Yeah. Then he went to, God, I think it was University of Central Florida. Yeah. Um, and has built his way back now. Doing well. Yeah. You know? oh, wow. Once you get plugged into those networks, man, you, you can just move right on to the, the next circuit. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, Travis was brought in, but Schnatter remained chairman, but was relocated to an office 20 minutes away. In exile, he fought for control. Over time, Schnatter started to visit the main campus more often to learn what was going on. Nobody puts Papa in the corner. That's That's right. right. He allegedly recruited Papa John's employees to spy on their colleagues. He read workers' (laughs) emails, according to two sources with knowledge of the episodes, and sometimes conducted business from disposable phones. Schnatter denies that he accessed emails or recruited employees to spy on each other, but admits he occasionally used disposable phones for reasons of corporate security. Can you imagine working at a 7-Eleven and selling John Schnatter a burner phone? (laughs) That's right, yes. Papa John used burner phones. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Dope, man. Just after reclaiming his CEO duties, Schnatter attended the NCAA Final Four in Detroit. 
During the trip, there was an incident with a 24-year-old Papa John's marketing employee that resulted in a second confidential settlement after the employee's swift departure. A female employee says that Schnatter asked her about her bra size and whether she'd slept with her previous boss, and that he'd never let her pass in a hallway without giving her a hug. Oh, wow. How many prostitutes do you think that John Schnatter has purchased over the years? Four or five at a time. Yeah. Yeah. He was. And then bought him pizzas on the way out. He was. He already had him there waiting on him. That was the tip. Yeah. (laughs) He was I left you something on the table on the way out. (laughs) A male executive recalls going out to dinner with his wife and bumping into Schnatter at the bar. Schnatter allegedly told the executive that he had a cute wife if she'd lose some weight. Schnatter didn't remember the incident when confronted by the executive later, and now Schnatter denies that it never happened. He was blacked out. (laughs) (laughs) He got a hot wife, but she's pretty fat. Tell her to drop some LBs, and she'd be good. Speaking of of which, like, all right, you're at like probably like a Red Lobster because he's not like super great, and he's got a burner phone and he's blacked out. (laughs) John, Papa John's blacked out with a burner phone and telling your wife. It's just a pretty hot bitch, but I'll I'll be honest about you. She probably loses love handles. You want to go undercover for me at uh, Papa John's uh, headquarters? I could uh, probably hook you up with some some if we just uh, tag teamed your wife. I'll give you a Camaro. (laughs) Yeah. In 2014, things changed. Schnatter installed longtime staffer and vice president Steve Ritchie, who started out as a Papa John's customer service rep to be chief operating officer and run daily operations. All right. Richie had once worked with Schneider's crony, Tim O'Hearn, opening some Papa John's franchises, then spent 2008 to 2011 consulting at Schneider's side investment, a sandwich concept named Calistoga Bakery Cafe. I remember Calistoga vaguely. There's a couple still open. Yeah. Very few. Not too well. But I do love to see companies that do sort of like promote people from within, like the old American glory story of someone working in the mailroom and then becoming CEO. Right. Yeah. That doesn't happen very much anymore, and it really probably should, because there's, you know, I mean, why not, dude? That's right. You got to put the door somewhere. Got loyalty right there. By 2015, Steve Ritchie was Papa John's president. But... Quote, the longer he was in that position, the more rapidly the culture declined, said a departed executive. A company offsites, execs made their crude jokes. One of them talked about gangbangs and women wanting to jump on the train. But it manifested even back in Louisville. Multiple sources say meetings were filled with profanity and inappropriate comments. Richie allegedly never intervened. These things would happen in meetings and conference rooms and whatever. Steve would just laugh, says an individual present during such incidents. But uh, the silver lining here, that's where they actually got the concept for the meatball pizza. (laughs) (laughs) The conduct of another employee, Dustin Coots, C-O-U-T-S, Coots, Coots, a longtime operations leader and close friend of O'Hearn's is one example. Three sources said that in one alleged incident, he discussed porn with a female junior employee. God. One source says in another, he showed inappropriate images to colleagues on a cell phone. And yet another, he asked a co-worker if she was on her period after she disagreed with him. Jeez. Uh, God. <laughs> no, I, I, I've never seen this in, in my professional life or whatever. I know it happens out there. I've seen it in my professional Have life. You? There was a company that I worked at where... I was in customer service along with a couple other uh, people and members of the sales team would come in when we when they had guests 
and uh, they would bring them around and they would go up to this one chick and they'd be like, hey, why don't you stand up and turn around for us real quick? Yikes. Wow. And yeah, I mean, like saw it like constantly. There was this one individual and the CEO protected this person left and right. Mm. This is uh, the one with the ass. Go ahead, Christy, stand yeah. up and uh, turn around. Let us see that thing. Yeah. There it is, boys. Even Literally. if you're like, hell yeah, let's see that ass. You're like, this is going to become a problem. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is an HR nightmare. And once Coots asked a male colleague in front of a woman whether his wedding ring was actually his cock ring. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, honestly, you guys asked me the same question a couple of weeks ago. This is true. <laughs> and I don't know if this is a safe working environment for me. It's not. Uh, I want to talk to HR right now. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, I, I wish it was. <laughs> I'd be extremely lucky. It's a <laughs> got fat fingers. <laughs> Richie allegedly knew of these types of improprieties. At one company town hall, he referred to operations support and training, the unit that Coots had at the time as a frat. Meanwhile, Coots seemingly suffered no consequences. In fact, he got a new title. In May of 2018, he was named regional vice president of Papa John's Asia Pacific, according to his LinkedIn page. Well, it's like the Catholic Church. We're just reshuffling you around a right. little bit. Got a new title. You're called the corporate giga chad. <laughs> The most boss-ass dude with the hugest dick in all the company, bro. Now grab some titties. And you're going to Asia and the Pacific, That's where it. you will be total boss. Yeah, yeah, those chicks are docile, bro. They just do whatever you say. And the dudes over there got nothing in the shorts. <laughs> Tell him what he's won. Tell him what he's won. As I alluded to in the intro, sometimes as people get a little older, their filter seems to go out the window. Either that or they just stop giving a fuck about what people think of them and they let it fly. There are two incidents that sparked controversy around Schnatter that wound up putting him on the outs. In November 2017, Schnatter sparked outrage by blaming sagging sales at Papa John's, a top NFL sponsor and advertiser, on the league's poor leadership in response to the demonstrations during the national anthem. He said the practice of players kneeling during the anthem to raise awareness of police brutality and social injustice hurt the NFL's TV ratings, which in turn hurt sales of his pizza, which is advertised heavily during games. You need to look exactly at how the ratings are going backwards, said Schnatter. Last year, the ratings for the NFL went backwards because of the elections. This year, the ratings are going backwards because of the controversy. And so the controversy is polarizing the customer, polarizing the country. Now, so I do work with like a ton of dudes like that. I do. Yeah. I mean, for real. Like, that's the stuff you hear about. I, I remember around this time, too, that he had made this comment that just irked me for different reasons. But it was he was talking about he said, if I have to give all my employees health care, Health benefits. He was like, that's going to raise the cost of your pizza by like a quarter. And I was like, I'll fucking pay that. Yeah. Dude, dude, I mean, yeah. Raise it by 50 cents, yeah. dude. Like. Raise it by a buck. I, if, dude, <laughs> I'll pay an extra dollar if you get your people fucking health care. I don't understand why it's like, an, uh, like a ridiculous the, In uh, his request. mind, he was just like, you see? You see? He wouldn't have been able to paint his face on the painting <laughs> yeah. in his fucking office. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> on the ceiling above his office. Yeah. For real. I was like, an extra quarter? Like, that's supposed to like be like, no, oh, he's right. <laughs> I can't deal with this $10 pizza, $10.25? Fuck that, man. I'm going to Subway. Yeah, I yeah. hope they all die of diabetes because they can't get insulin, <laughs> and that way my pizza is much cheaper. It's fucking crazy, dude. What an asshole. <laughs> At the time, Steve Ritchie, the Papa John's COO, added that the pizza chain had been the most recognized NFL sponsor for the past two years, hinting that its success is more connected to the league than it is the case for other pizza companies. He said that he expected the earnings to decline for Papa John's to persist until a solution is put in place by the NFL for its player protests. Papa John's has been a league sponsor since 2010. 
The company apologized for its divisive comments. In the days after Schneider's remarks, white supremacist publication The Daily Stormer dubbed Papa John's as the official pizza of the alt-right. Yeah. <laughs> and the Daily Stormer is not like, uh, it's not like, oh, yeah, uh, it's Fox News. It, these motherfuckers are legitimately white supremacists, oh, yeah. man. They're like 100% like, we need a white ethno state. You're like, okay. <laughs> Papa John's spokesperson, Peter Collins, told the Courier-Journal that the company was caught off guard by the endorsement and condemned racism in all forms. So can you imagine what it was like in the Papa John's boardroom after you became the official pizza of white supremacy? <laughs> I know exactly what it was like. Papa John Schnatter was like, I mean, I don't agree with it, but they're not wrong. Well, <laughs> it's going to boost our uh, profit margins well, here. Well, there was probably the conversation of, we need to update our slogan. Better ingredients, better pizza, white power, Papa John's. <laughs> he said 14 words. Yeah, he said, for, we, need to, we need to secure the pizza for our children. Whatever it is. <laughs> the future for the, our children to eat pizza. Our new, <laughs> to celebrate that, we're introducing a new Papa John's white pizza. Yeah, the white pie. Yeah. With white pie. With pepperoni cut in triangles, no, just like a, the hats. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> yeah, hood-shaped slice. Yeah. Jesus. White pie. <laughs> White pie. Condolingus rice. Condolingus rice sounds like a Mexican dish. We got to cut her up and send her down to Mexico. Have the Mexicans eat her. White pie. White pie. <laughs> Mikey, your score is too low. That person was definitely a giant asshole, and you rated them like they were Justin Bieber. Wouldn't you like to tell us what you think? Well, now you can. Check us out on all our social media pages and tell us what you think about our scores, shows, and, of course, good looks. We'd love to hear what you have to think. Now, pucker up, buttercup. It's back to asshole court. On December 21st, 2017, Schnatter announced that he would step down as CEO of Papa John's amidst the controversy over his comments. Schnatter was replaced as CEO by the then COO Steve Ritchie, effective January 1, 2018. Rich Stevie. That's right. The company said Schnatter would still appear in the chain's commercials and on its pizza boxes and was the company's biggest shareholder with approximately 9.5 million shares. He remained chairman of the company's board of directors. The second incident is what eventually put the pineapple on the pizza for Papa John. Mm-hmm. In July 2018, Schneider participated in an internal training conference call with marketing consultants from a company called Laundry Service, in which there was a role-playing exercise to help Schneider avoid making remarks that could cause public controversy and damage the company's reputation. <laughs> Outside looking in, sounds like a good idea, right? Mm -hmm. It's unclear how many individuals were on the call, but key speakers included Schneider, along with Steve Ritchie and Jason Stein, who is the founder and former CEO of Laundry Service. Schnatter went on a tangent as he spoke about the prospect of Papa John's, a company founded in his name and built around his image, recording advertisements that did not feature him. During the conference call, Schnatter said, Colonel Sanders called blacks N-words, and Sanders never faced public outcry. Schnatter also said that people in his home state of Indiana used to drag African Americans from trucks until they died. He apparently intended for the remarks to convey he wasn't a racist. <laughs> but multiple individuals Solid. on the call found them to be offensive. Imagine that. Right? Yeah. The call concludes immediately following the comment, but in several minutes of audio on the released recording of the conversations that occurred after Schneider left, Stein and others are heard discussing what had been said, 
with Stein saying he wanted Schneider to publicly repeat his comments on the call-in subsequent question and answer sessions with media members. All right, so he set him up. <laughs> he set him up, but the statements originated, they came from Papa John, and then he was just like, hey, you should say that again. <laughs> yeah, right? this is like Lucy yeah. holding the football for yeah, Tom Brown. That's, that's right a good here. analogy, yeah. yeah. After learning about the incident, laundry service owner Casey Wasserman moved to terminate the company's contract with Papa John's. Later that same day, Schneider also stepped down from his position on the University of Louisville Board of Trustees. In an emailed statement, Schneider confirmed the allegations. He said, news reports attributing to the use of inappropriate and hurtful language to me during a media training session regarding race are true. Regardless of the context, I apologize. Simply stated, racism has no place in our society. The thing about what his argument is, though, he's like, do you remember back in the 50s and 60s? When institutional racism was so hard that like lynchings were still occurring, <laughs> he's like, but nobody seemed to mind that then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so what's going on now? Yeah, like I mean, honestly, somebody just drug a black guy down the street the other day. Why can't I sell pizza? <laughs> what the fuck, man? Yeah. On July 26, 2018, Schneider filed a lawsuit in Delaware against Papa John's Pizza to give him access to the company's books and records after they did not allow him access to the company's business records following his resignation in the wake of the teleconference call scandal. He described the company's procedures as an unexplained and heavy-handed way to cut ties between him and the company he founded. In addition to preventing him from accessing information, the corporation also implemented a poison pill strategy in order to limit Schneider's chances of buying back a majority stake in the company. Schneider also filed a lawsuit against the company in Kentucky in a dispute over property ownership. In January 2019, a judge ordered the company to give Schneider access to its records relating to his ouster. A settlement of the lawsuits was announced on March 5, 2019. Under the agreement, the company agreed to share all of its records with Schneider and agreed to remove a part of its poison pill plan that had restricted Schneider's communication with other shareholders, and Schneider agreed that he would not seek to stay on the company's board of directors after his current term expired on April 30, 2019, and that if a mutually agreeable independent director was chosen to replace him, he would step down before the end of his term. Yeah. So it, legitimately, this guy, and he still can't quite own that shit. Yeah. No, I was taken out of context, you know? He's like, I mean, 150 years ago, I could have made a lot more money because slaves would be making my pizza. <laughs> but no one said anything about that. And I think that's great that I can't own slaves to make pizza. But I'm just saying. Could you if, imagine being on that fucking call when he dropped the end uh, bomb? You're oh. like, oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. Oh, my God. Hard R end bomb. Yeah. yeah. There's no context for that, man. There was no A. It was no. the hard R. Unless you're literally, like, reading <laughs> Huck Finn <laughs> and saying, you know, N-word Jim. N-word Jim, yeah. There's no reason that you're dropping the hard R. Brother, was that Family Guy? Yeah, that was yeah, it was a great <laughs> skit. But I'm Jim. serious, dude. That's our word. But man, God, I just imagine like you know sometimes like when somebody says something really fucked up, like yeah. you feel yourself getting flush. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he well, probably said that, and I was like, oh my the, God. Yeah, the, like read the room here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is sometimes there is a, an innocence to that. Like we're talking about like people that are from different generations. Um, you ain't and then, that old. No, exactly. Well, all right. So my wife is Asian, and I remember very specifically having to explain to my mom can't that call her Oriental. Oriental, yeah. Oriental is not the preferred nomenclature, and she was literally like, just sort of like, really? What? I didn't know that. It was completely innocent. My mom is not racist. I didn't come from a racist family at all. I never heard anything my family ever said racist. But if you didn't know her, 
if she was calling someone Oriental, you'd be like, this racist old white bitch. <laughs> but I guarantee you all the people that were on that call have heard him. I, I promise you this guy has said the hard the hard R N-word multiple times. Yeah. And, and behind closed doors, he's saying it. Yeah, promise. absolutely. Yep. So, flip side. Nearly three years after the founder of Papa John's Pizza was forced out after the news that he'd used a racial slur on a conference call, John Snatter has released the recording, claiming it proves the public relations company that joined him on the call intended to damage his reputation. The audio is part of a lawsuit Schnatter filed in 2019 against Wasserman Media Group and Laundry Service, in which the founder and former executive chairman of Papa John's claimed the comments leaked by a laundry service representative represented a breach of contract and prevented him from continuing to represent the international pizza chain. Schnatter released the hour-long audio from the call, along with a transcript and a link to a 2020 investigative report put together by former FBI director Louis Free that claimed Schnatter's comments were neither intended nor can reasonably be interpreted to reflect any racial bias, prejudice, or disrespect for African Americans or people of color. You say the N-word, it's pretty disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, in like any I said, context. again, only if you're like literally like doing the audio book for, for uh, Hug Finn. Hug Finn. Yeah. That's about it, man. I mean, I, it, he's, I feel like he's trying to win on a technicality. I, you know, look, even all that aside, okay, cool. Maybe he's not a racist or just like, man, you're just a fucking dolt, dude, an idiot. Yeah. It's a major relief to finally have more facts that reveal the truth of what really happened, Schneider said in a statement. Now the full recording, it's public, and people have the full picture. Everyone can hear from themselves how I was raised to totally reject racism. The American people can hear from themselves that the laundry service staff were laughing about setting me up to take a fall. And that, boys, is Papa John Schneider. Okay. Oh, man. Kicked out of his own company. Here yeah. all too often. Remember George Zimmerman? I guarantee it. Oh, Got booted yeah. from Men's Warehouse. Yeah. And oh, I, yeah. I, I, I think it was like a profit deal, but... His was different, though. I mean, like, he got booted, and that sucked, because I don't remember him dropping the N-word. No, he definitely didn't. <laughs> I, think, I think he just was, like, a big proponent of uh, legalization of he weed. He was, was, which is crazy. Thing. I was like, he was the head of the curve, you nerds. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You guys should have, like, weed suits. So you have, like, a blunt pocket. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> George Zimmerman was ahead of the ball game, dude. But, and, like, yeah. uh, hidden pockets, so that way you could hide your weed in there. It hey, shouldn't have to anymore. They you know won't I mean? find your stash. That's I guarantee it. it. Keep it fresh. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Cool. That's the end of uh, Papa John. What do you guys it. got? What do you got, Mikey? Um, okay. So I started him off with a 5.5, I believe. So I'm sticking to my guns on his fucking face because, again, that guy has spent... I didn't know anything about him getting his picture painted in his own house on, like, Sistine <laughs> Chapel. But it proves the point. Like, yeah. I'm glad I, yeah. I'm... This, this is... On the record, I didn't know anything about that. I said that he's obviously a vain asshole because of the amount of plastic surgery he's got, the fact that he's dyeing his hair, yep. all that shit, and just nailed it. Picture of yourself. You know what I'm saying? So uh, he's vain. He sucks. Uh, those two settlements, that dude definitely is uh, uh, he's he's a sexual predator. Yeah, I guarantee you. Yep. Uh, you know, allegedly, but you're like, okay, dude, come on. Like, he's groping people. How many um, people are behind the scenes that haven't yeah, come Yeah, I get tons, dude. And, you know, like I said, even giving him like the most sunshine view of his comments on that phone call was that they just made him re reiterate what he was saying in the call yeah. anyways. And then, OK, cool. You're saying that you're not racist by just I don't even understand the argument. You're just pointing out that there's like <laughs> that there was systemic racism and that Colonel Sanders was a racist. One of the best skits I've ever seen or skits like not skits, but one of the best things I've ever, I ever saw was a, that show Louis C.K. On one episode, he wanted to take 
his kids to go see their great great aunt. She was like 95 and he was like you can learn a lot from her, you know, that she's seen a lot. And so they go there and of course she's just an insane <laughs> racist. And that people back then were crazy racist. They just were. So is it that shocking that Colonel Sanders was a racist? I mean, I don't think so. But I guess I'm going to narrow it down here to I I think with the sexual assaults and the 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 provable vanity at this point that I'm going to bump him up to a 6. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan at all of the sexual assaults. I mean, that's I mean, you get to a point, I think uh, a lot of these a lot of the people that we end up covering just kind of think that they end up a step above everybody else and that they can get away with whatever they want. And at the end of the day, sexual assault is sexual assault. And I hate it. I hate it in the workplace. I hate it in real life. It's just it's always something that's going to rank very high on my score. And uh, yeah, no, everything that I've heard today, he just uh. He seems like a dumbass, really, at the end of the day. You know, I mean, like he has a couple areas that he's very smart in and it helped push the company forward a lot. But in his personal life and just in everyday decision making about his personal life, I think he's uh, made a lot of blunders. And, you know, unfortunately, some of them lead him to be a little bit more of an asshole than uh, I would say your average Joe. So originally I had him off at a 5.25. But I'm going to uh, bump him up half a point, and uh, Papa John's going to get a final asshole score for me of a 5.75. All right, 5.75. So you guys keyed on a lot of the things I think of, too. The vanity is a big part. I said in my initial score, like, using yourself in your own marketing campaigns, mm-hmm. like, just shows how much you think of yourself. You I am I mean? so great. That's right. And while his sexual deviances are all alleged, but again... Every time you hear like confidential settlement, it feels like yeah. it's, it, it's an it feels like an implied exactly. sense of guilt. If right? I could get an honest answer right. and I had to bet on it, I would put hard money on. And here's with my how thing. vain he is. Yeah. You would think that he would throw the money at it to fight it. Well, that's my thing is if you're if I'm innocent and I'm accused of something like that, I'm yelling to the fucking hilltops. Of how innocent I am. And I'm fighting that thing tooth and nail. Right? And it should but, probably happen once. Right. Yeah. Once, right. Yeah. yeah. So, and also, you're not being like, you fucking wife's pretty hot. Uh, she's <laughs> lose some weight in, in the stomach. But the right I, lobster. I'm not going to hold that against him too much because I know there has been times when I might have made an off-color remark about someone else just you've never said anything sexual about my wife. No, I've never said No, definitely not about my wife. Not about your wife. No, no, not at all. But I mean hell our show we make a lot of fun of a lot of people True, yeah. and we're not blackout drunk when we do it most sometimes. of the time <laughs> <laughs> close sometimes right so i'll hold him that uh hold that to him too much but obviously some racial undertones if you're gonna say the n-word you've probably said it before outside of a conference call if you're comfortable enough to use it in front of other executives in a marketing agency yeah. like you're probably saying it elsewhere too. In his so. mind, he's like, "I'm about to lawyer these motherfuckers." Right? <laughs> yeah. So again, kind of putting it all into context, I had him at a 4.75. I'm going to jump him up to a 5.5 final asshole score. All right, with a 5.5 from Randy, a 5.75 from Buddy, and a 6.0 from Mikey, Papa John's final asshole score is a 5.75. Right in line with Vince McMahon. Oh, oh your asshole okay. score. There yep. you go. That's yeah. two sides of one coin. Right? I could see the two of them partying on the weekend. Oh, man. man. Spit roasting a <laughs> prostitute. <laughs> 100%. A lot of cocaine involved. Yeah, right? some Eastern European or Russian shit. They would be on a boat 
I envisioned boats involved, oh, yeah. boats and hoes. I'm on a boat. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. All right. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Asshole Court. As always, if you like what we're doing, go check out our new and approved social media pages. Leave us comments. Give us some of your feedback on what we're doing. Leave us a rating. That's exactly right. Leave us rating. Suggest a show. All of it. Tell us what you think about everything. Send us dick pics. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just Mikey. (laughs) Awesome. Again, we hope you guys enjoyed what we do, and we hope everybody treats each other kindly. And until next time, this is Asshole Court.